0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay, good afternoon everyone. Does this sound okay? Okay. Well, welcome to the sixth annual beginning of this Eightfold Path program. This started in 2012 when Gil gave a series of talks and study guides that we'll use as the basis of this for a Dharma practice series. And then we've just been doing it every year since. And uh, this year we're doing it very much as a team with two people who unfortunately weren't here, able to be here today, fortunately for them because they're on Gil's two-week retreat. So they'll, it's Liz Powell and Bruni Davila. And they will usually, at least two of the three of us, if not all of us, will be here and sharing in the teachings. So uh, I just want to... Oh, also one more interesting thing to say is that we now have four groups that are doing this all more or less at the same time. There's a group in Santa Cruz, a group in Modesto, a group in Santa Barbara, and us that have sprung off of this program. So we have actually over 100 people involved in this program this year among these four cities. And hopefully we'll all be able to get together at the retreat at the end of the year where they'll come and join us. So it's a big group of people deciding to walk this path at this time. I'm just curious, Are there is there anyone here who has taken this before? Okay, yep, lots of people have decided that once is not enough and they've taken it several times. Um, Is there anybody here who is a mentor in the program? Okay. All right. Well, I guess they've all done it before and decided not to come today. (laughs) I know at least one person. Who else is in the mentor training program this year? Two of you? Okay, three. Two of you. There's a program going on to train mentors for the future so so that we can continue to expand this program. So there's a lot going on around this program this year. I want to spend the first, well, we'll sit as soon as I finish introducing a little bit here. We'll have a sit. And then I'll introduce the path and talk a little bit about what is the Eightfold Path and what kind of uh, approach we're going to take in this course to it and what kind of attitude you might bring to it And then the second half I'll get into more of the administrative uh details of how the course is going to work and uh what's going on with the mentors and if you haven't signed up yet and all those kind of questions. So hopefully you can hold those either until the break or the second half. So let's begin with a a sit, all right. We'll sit for about twenty minutes. I'll do it guided. I'll I'll some guided and then some. You can leave it running. Okay, so. Finding your sitting posture that's, supports you being physically relaxed and mentally awake. This is a path to awakening. Just letting your attention come to rest, maybe in the contact of your bottom with your chair or the floor. Just simply letting yourself settle, taking in the very simple sensations of pressure, warmth. Taking a couple of deep breaths. You might take a moment to just acknowledge what state of mind you're in right now, if you're excited or bored or. Neutral. Acknowledging that. And then letting the sensations of your breathing come into the foreground. You can just let your breath be natural. You can notice if there's some way that you could adjust your posture a little to make it more comfortable, more at ease. Maybe just taking a quick scan through the places where we often hold tension in the body. Letting the face, the forehead, the eyes relax. Just letting your eyes relax back in the sockets, letting that thinking muscle relax for a moment. Letting your neck and shoulders relax. Just attuning to your heart area in the chest. Noticing any quality that you can feel there. Letting any tensions go. Letting your attention come down to your belly. See if you can let your belly be soft. Let the breath get down into that area. Notice if you're carrying any extra tension in your back, if you can let that go. your arms and hands be soft and relaxed and your legs and feet <coughs> and just see if you can very simply maintain a sense of awareness of your body your breathing the actual feelings of it, as they come and go. Without trying to change or fix anything. Just knowing what's happening as it's happening. It's fine to give some priority to the sensations of breathing as a place to let the attention settle and collect and unify the body and the mind. If you find yourself getting caught up in thought, that's normal, of course. Just see if you can, when you wake up, remember that you're here and you've wandered off. Just appreciate being present. See if you can once again, let some sensations in the body or the breath come back into the forefront of your attention. Let the thinking subside. So we'll just practice silently in this way for another 15 minutes or so. Hey, welcome again to everyone who's been arriving during the sit. So, as I said before, I want to talk a little in the first half of this afternoon about the path and a little bit about the program. And uh, then we'll get more into the details, mechanics of the program, any questions you have about the program itself in the second half. So, here we all are. Most of us are at least several decades into our lives and we're setting out on this year of working with the Eightfold Path this 2500 year old prescription for freedom and happiness and peace of mind. I think everyone's aware on some level to some degree by this time that life includes certain frustrations, disappointments, illness, old age, death, loss of things you wanted, getting things you didn't want meaninglessness maybe you feel sometimes at least unpleasant physical and mental sensations have you noticed lack of perfect control over what you would like to have happen in your life so now as it was 2500 years ago and probably long before that there's this confusing kind of wilderness of false promises of what will help with this get more stuff get the right resume get the right Friends and family get the right house, get the approval of other people maybe regardless of their wisdom. Somehow get better at controlling everything that might happen, thinking of everything that might happen. And all of this is according to our own limited kind of self-oriented point of view. And it, it doesn't work all that well. I think you must have noticed if you're here and wanting to pursue this path. So when the Buddha saw this situation and he realized that this is what he was heading for in his life was this continuing experience of things not being as he might imagine would be ideal and he discovered illness and old age and death he set out on what is called the noble search for something that's really reliable and lasting. And the Eightfold Path is the most common way that he presented and taught what he found. So if you're here, you're on this search yourself already. You have what the Zen tradition calls a way-seeking mind. which is that you're looking for a way out of this dilemma. So the essence of what the Buddha discovered in his search is that a lasting kind of inner peace and happiness can only develop from really carefully observing how we're relating to our experience learning to see for ourselves by increasing our sensitivity and our discernment to our own mental and physical phenomenon, what kinds of intentions, what kinds of responses and reactions are leading to more stress and what's leading to less stress. And the really wonderful news is that he found that there's this deep correlation between what leads to freedom for stress from stress for ourselves and what's beneficial for the welfare of others. So that's one of the hallmarks of this path that we're always looking for what is what is of benefit to oneself and what is benefit to others and that they aren't in conflict. So the eightfold path is both the first and the last teaching that the Buddha gave in his many years of teaching over his lifetime to different seekers. It's first presented in the what's called the first turning of the wheel. At, right after his own enlightenment, he ran into a group of five people that he'd been um, associating with prior to when he went off and found this on his own. And they asked for teachings, and this is what he explained. And he explained it in the context of what's called the Four Noble Truths, probably... Most of you are familiar with all these things that I'm teaching, but just setting the context for where this path comes from. So the Four Noble Truths, the truth that there is suffering, there is stress, dissatisfaction, unsatisfactoriness about, in the way that we usually go about things, and that there is a possible end to that suffering, or that the, that, that kind of suffering is caused by this craving, by this craving, grasping, clinging relationship to what's going on and then the third truth is that it's possible to be free from that the truth of the end of suffering and the fourth truth is the path that's the way to the end of suffering so when you look at the path you see it's right view right intention and eight other factors so just mentioning a little bit that word right can be off-putting to some people you know right view they're going to teach me what to think you know that it's not like that the way to understand that word right is that it's really um, the appropriate skillful and wise way to do this factor if your goal is this kind of lasting reliable happiness and freedom from suffering. So guild sometimes likes to translate it as appropriate, appropriate view, appropriate intention. So there are three sections of the path. The wisdom section the ethics section and the mental cultivation or meditation section now these categories are taught in all kinds of different orders maybe the more usual order is to start with ethics there's this word sila in the pali language that means how are you treating other people how are you behaving in your external life and it's really the bedrock foundation for beginning here trying to calm the mind if you're trying to calm the mind and gain wisdom while you're still actively and wholeheartedly engaged in killing and stealing and you know, abusing <clears throat> drugs and so forth, sexual misconduct, lying, you're trying to go two ways at once and it's self-defeating. So, I think probably most of us are here somewhere in the middle on all three of these categories. We've, we, we're have we we probably not out there actively killing and stealing but there are probably subtle ways in which we could still refine our understanding of what's ethical or bring our lives more in harmony with our ideals on that part. And then training the mind through meditation, calming, learning to have access to deeper levels of insight and sensitivity. And then out of that comes wisdom. Wisdom, a deep sort of wisdom that arises out of uh, out of insight. But the order of the path actually begins with this with the wisdom factors, because a path can begin with needing to know where you're going. So it's an orientation at the beginning of how we're going to look at all these factors. And it's something that, of course, um, deepens. And all three of these elements are our ethical behavior and our inner mental understanding and our calm and clarity of our minds and the wisdom that we just have begin to have sort of built in they all work together and cooperate and deepen in fact none of them can really become fully mature until all of them are fully mature so they all three work together so the wisdom factors are right view and right intention the ethical factors right speech right action right livelihood and the mental cultivation factors right effort right mindfulness, and right concentration. So the path is, you know, when we look at it as, as a spiral, we start out with this initial enough wisdom to be here, and then we really start looking at where are our intentions at, and then we start this interesting part of looking at how are we actually behaving in the world? What are we using our speech and our actions and our livelihood to do and then those factors kind of motivate well let's take a deeper look and let's really understand what's how is it that mindfulness and concentration help deepen our and make it easier and more natural to behave in an ethical way through the development of wisdom so these factors will influence each other all the way through we've had many discussions I I have pet theories on how I'd rather teach this in a different order You know, (laughs) beginning with right view, which is kind of a hard one to start with and really get. And Liz and Bruni and I, I I just want to mention for latecomers, imagine Liz and Bruni, my co-teachers who will be here from now on, mostly, but are on retreat right now. So uh, we just want to emphasize all the way through how all these factors help and support each other. So it's also sometimes talked about as an eight-lane highway where you're really, or an eight, you know, the symbol for it is a wheel with eight spokes. And so all these factors work together. For example, mindfulness. How could you do any of this without mindfulness? So, you know, it is a prerequisite for the course that you've taken some introduction to mindfulness so that you have some idea how to look inward and notice your own experience, because that's the basic skill that we're using here. One sutta passage says that the factors of view and effort and mindfulness circle around all the other path factors, right? You need to be aware, you need to be making some kind of appropriate effort and your view is always there informing you what you're going to do. You know, why are you going to do what you're about to do? Why are you doing what you're doing? So they're there and then there's also intention operating in every moment. You wouldn't do anything without some kind of intention. So all these factors are going all the time and it becomes a matter of becoming more sensitive and able to tune in to what the teachings on the different factors, what you've learned by examining all these different factors and what's appropriate and helpful in the moment to emphasize. So this is a path. A path in that it leads somewhere, it does lead somewhere, it leads to liberation, it leads to ultimate freedom from suffering, to Nibbana. And it's also a path in the sense of a path that's not the same as, say, uncharted wilderness. (laughs) If you were just going to wander for the rest of your life, you might be better off, it would be nice to have a good, wholesome, safe path to stay on. So you can look at it as a way of, of a guidance to how to kind of orient your life and where you are in the moment, and how to sort of be on, the, on, a, on a good direction, whether or not you're inspired by some of the uh, higher level goals that the teachings talk about. So whether you're inspired by this idea of ultimate liberation, or whether you're looking for this more ease and happiness, looking for being driven by less reactivity, able to make wiser choices in your life. These goals are really not separate. The Eightfold Path really leads through and to both of these. So I want to talk a little bit about a right, a kind of approach and attitude to bring to this course. There's a very well-known sutta, probably many of you know it, where the Buddha is talking to this group of people called the Kalamas, and they've just had a lot of teachers come through and tell them, each teacher tells them something different and disparages and puts down the other ones and says, oh no, I'm the only one who knows the right way. And so these people were confused, sort of like you would be if you just went surfing the internet today looking for some advice. You know, you <laughs> I'm, always, I'm just so happy when people wind up somehow coming here. <laughs> I think the path can really help give an orientation from which you can actually listen. There's plenty of good advice out there. I'm not saying we have the only good advice. There's, there's a rich bunch of advice out there. But this sutta is very good about how to evaluate that and how uh, it's a framework for really, really orienting yourself around what, what is useful to you. So what the Buddha said to the Kalamas is, don't go by reports by legends, by traditions, by scripture, by logical conjecture, by inference, by analogies, by agreement through pondering views, by probability, or by the thought, this person is our teacher. That, all of that can be helpful, but it can also be misleading. But when you know for yourselves that these qualities are unskillful, these qualities are blameworthy, these qualities are criticized by the wise, these qualities, when adopted and carried out, lead to harm and to suffering, then you should abandon them. And likewise, when you know for yourself that these qualities are skillful, these qualities are blameless, these qualities are praised by the wise, these qualities, when adopted and carried out, lead to welfare and to happiness, then you should enter and remain in them. So there's actually an interesting point. This sutta is often quoted as, as if it means don't, don't pay any attention to authority, just do your own thing. But if you listen to it, that's not really quite what it's saying. It's a little stricter than that. It's saying take advice from, consult the wise, consider. Of course, it's up to you who the wise are. But, you know, you need to consider who is considered wise, take it on, and then actually experiment with it and look at it in your own experience and see whether it's leading you personally toward more suffering or less suffering. One of my teachers points out that uh, these two factors, associating with the wise and paying wise attention, those are the two elements that are actually highlighted. In many other, few other suttas, those are two of the most important factors internally and externally for making progress and for attaining the goal. So it's very realistic. You don't just trust yourself or you might just kind of spiral in your own old habits. So you need some fresh input from wise people, the wisest people that you can find. And that's certainly here, that's the Buddha and the wise authors of the books we'll be studying. Whether we're wise up here, that's for your discernment to work on <laughs> and figure out for yourself what's wise. And everybody here who's wise to some degree, because you're here. And so you can learn a lot from each other, and you can elevate your discernment of what you really consider wise. So the Buddhas and the teachers can point the way, but how far you get will depend on whether you walk and observe for yourself. As Gil says, we create the path by walking it. So the Buddha's given us this very high-level map. But in a very real sense, and I don't know, maybe even in some neurological sense, the path is a jungle through our own minds and bodies. And so who can make that path? It's our own actual habit-changing, tiny step-by-step-by-step of actually observing and actually trying something new and seeing how that worked out, noticing when something, it's an old habit, isn't working out so well. Step-by-step, we're creating this path through the territory of our own minds and bodies. So the path has been compared to a raft that we build for crossing floods. The floods, they, I, I like this as a metaphor for what it's like in there sometimes. A flood of sensual desire for things. Floods of caring about how, how other people see you, how you understand yourself, who are I, who am I. Floods of opinions about this and that and views. Floods of ignorance, floods of ignoring and denial, floods of just wanting to get away from it. So these floods that kind of run our systems if we're not really spending time to look at it more carefully. The floods of our habitual drivenness to grasp and cling and manipulate and resist and fight with it and ignore it and distract ourselves. So this path is a raft that's going to get us through those floods. I like a teaching that Gil's been using recently that kind of summarizes how a great approach for how to observe phenomenon that you'll be seeing during this course. And that the acronym for this is RAFT. It stands for first you recognize what's going on. Then you see if you can allow what's going on. We don't. The first thing is not to stop it. The first thing is to try to understand it. So you recognize it, you allow it, then you feel into it. See if you can see where this is coming from in your mind, in your body, in your heart. What's driving this? How do I feel this? And then see if you can tease it apart into all its constituent little pieces. How am I getting stuck in this same pattern over and over again? What is the mind doing? Where is it uncomfortable in the body? How come I'm driven to do this over and over again? So... Hopefully you can maybe remember that and as you're doing the reflections and getting to know yourself better through this course you can Use your raft to help you have an appropriate way to pay attention to what's going on We're going to be looking at some very high ideals in this course, right? And for most of us there's a considerable gap between what these ideals call for and what's the conditioned what's been conditioned for all of our lives in our habits. So a really wonderful and kind of unique point of the Dharma is that we don't just sit back and idealize the ideals and say, oh, how wonderful, you know, being perfect all the time. That may go along with a lot of denial and guilt and, and a kind of, I don't know, ignorance about how we're really living. So we need to do the hard work of looking at the way it really is. So we have the ideals and, we, and we're inspired and uplifted by the ideals and then there's how it is. So the path is something that we discover through clearing obstacles, another way that the path metaphor works. We're going to be clearing this path through our lives, by not by ignoring what's in the way, but by getting to understand it and really seeing its roots, where does it come from, how does it have such a hold on us and how can we um, gradually begin to set the conditions for having it change I ran into a quote the other day from Aristotle if you are learning you have not at the same time learned so I I find this stunningly hard in my life I I love to learn but I hate to be caught out not knowing something (laughs) so hmm those don't quite go together right so just bear in mind that if you're learning something you're in the process of not knowing it yet and we need to be able to share with each other that this is hard and I didn't do so well. And here's an example where, this didn't, where I did the wrong thing and caused harm perhaps. And what are you learning from that? You know, hopefully you're learning something by being able to openly admit and examine how that worked out for you. What causes and conditions were involved in that happening the way it did. So it's really important in this course to be kind to yourself. Be patient and be curious Knowing that we really first need to begin with where we are. Not be in too big a hurry, too much idealism to force changes to happen. Trusting, really, that changes will happen naturally as we actually look into and bring to light what are the real conditions that are in our lives right now. So this attitude of patience and curiosity and willingness to look to both be inspired by the ideals and to look at what's in the way and what's really happening is the key attitude that we need to bring to this course. So I don't know if anybody has any comments or questions about what's, uh, what I've just said or anything come to mind that you want to say right now or ask? Just yes, uh huh. I do. Thank you. We re- we have people who are taking the course from afar, and so when we speak, we want to use these mics so that they get the full experience by listening to the tape. So when you recognize you're having a reaction to something, mm-hmm. and uh, are there certain questions to ask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We'll be learning a lot of those in the course of this year. The first thing is, t- I, I would really try that raft acronym. What is what, what's happening right now is a reaction to something, and what fully recognizing that that's what's happening, and then stop, and then allow it, not in the sense that it will carry out into actions to, you know, hit somebody, <laughs> but in the sense of allowing it to unfold internally while you pay attention to it. So you get to know it. Get to know it, right. And feel it in your body. So where where is this hurting right now? What is this a reaction that's causing the chest to contract, or your stomach, or tears, or what? What is this reaction? You know, and maybe in the course of that, some names for it might bubble up, like it's embarrassment or disappointment or rage or something. And you know, and then see if you can see what it, what gave rise to it. You might discover beliefs that you're holding that make that you know, that that uncovers, that the situation has bumped up against somehow, needs, what am I, I often ask myself what am I wanting here, what am I believing really has to happen here, that isn't happening, Mm -hmm. you know, and therefore it doesn't actually have to, because it isn't. (laughs) So, So how is my view in bumping up against other people's views and reality, you know? So those are some things to ask, and then you can breathe and relax, and you know, developing a trust that some other state of your own being will actually allow you to respond appropriately to the situation. Thank you. You're welcome. Good, good question, and a continuing theme for the whole year. Okay well the next thing we want to do is the first of what will be a feature of these Sunday afternoon programs which is breaking up into groups and talking with each other a little bit. Now some people don't like this. (laughs) You think, oh no. Uh, Many, many people find that it's their favorite part of the program by the end. So I want to say a few words about how we're going to do this and, and really encourage you to give it a try you know even if it doesn't feel like your idea of what you wanted to do this is a really nice bunch of people <laughs> so and we're going to put out a question that's not a difficult question just something that you might share a little bit about with somebody else okay so we'll get into small groups of like i think today we'll take 5 and i just want to offer a few guidelines about this so this is again an example of where all the path factors start to work together so we can start right out with some, some investigation into what's our relationship to speaking and listening, right? So uh, most of the time when we speak, a big bunch of energy comes up and we just lose our mindfulness and we get totally involved in communi- thinking about the other people and what are they thinking of me and what am I going to say next and and if somebody says something that you think you have a response to you want to get right in there with how to fix it or what to do you know some people everybody's different or maybe some people don't do that but that's a common response so what we want to do in these circles is make a really safe space where each person just gets some time to put something in that's so the idea is really to stay in touch with yourself so that you're feeling your own body staying in touch with your own process and you're really asking yourself is this true and is this something that it's but I just feel like saying giving expression to so it's kind of like practicing expressing yourself in a safe environment where somebody isn't going to jump right in and cut you off and tell you what to do about it and that's the job of the listeners while somebody is speaking is just to listen respectfully it's not really a conversation, especially this format that we're going to do today. It's one at a time. Each of you will have three minutes to just say what you want to say. And there's also getting comfortable with silence. So if you have maybe a sentence you want to say, and then you need to think some more about what, what else you might want to say, you don't have to fill the whole time. You can say that that's it. Or you can sit quietly for a minute and see if anything else bubbles up. So we're really learning to stay connected with ourselves and see what it is we might want to put out there. Knowing and I want to talk a little more about what would help you make it feel safe to put something out there that you would just say to this group of people. And then listen respectfully and not not jumping in to respond with a me too kind of story or a you know, here's what here's what happened to me that's like that or here's how to fix that or any of that so you don't don't offer any of that you're just listening and when it's your turn you just speak and we'll just see what we learn from this this particular structured way of sharing so one consideration for safety is please keep what's said in these circles private okay so I don't expect that you know it may not be that somebody is sharing anything all that private but just leaving that possibility open by having the agreement that what's said here is not going to be repeated somewhere else okay and I wonder if anybody else has any feelings about what would make it feel safer or you know okay for you to get with a group of five people and just share a little bit about something anybody have any thoughts about that or concerns and also, I just want to say, if, you, if this is really just not where you are right now, beyond you to do this right now, you don't have to. It's perfectly okay to go outside and hang out for a while and rejoin the group later. It really is. So, you know, it's not—it's not, we're not making anybody do anything. It's an opportunity to see if you want to play with this situation. And if you don't, you really don't have to. Okay, so, um, oh, this is as good a time as any. I forgot to mention, most of you did get a name tag. I think it would be nice if we would wear name tags because we're only going to get together once a month, and you probably will meet each other in these little groups, but then it's awkward to ask a month later, what was your name? You know, and it's nice to get to know people without having to do that. And there is this name tag. Uh, system that IMC has and if you would put your name on a card in that system a more permanent name tag will appear and then you could use that all year without having to go through this all the time so I think it would be great I'm getting old I cannot I I know many of you by face and I would really like to get to know your names (laughs) this is one way it might happen so let's break up into groups of five okay so just Find people near you, if it's all right. If you don't want to do it, it's a fine time to go out and take a walk. We'll reconvene about, what are we going to do? We're going to do, we're going to take a break, come back at 2.30 if you really don't want to do this. But it's really, really harmless. I'm just going to, it's really harmless. (laughs) Please give it a try. Let me introduce the topic. Yeah, thank you. It could be it could be six if it needs to be, or there could be two groups of four. How's it working out? If you don't have a group, you can come up to the front and I'll help you with that. Maybe there's more people who don't have a group. Are you, are you extra? You've got, seven's a bit much. Seven's a bit much. Better fewer than, two, than that many. Do we have an extra? You guys are six, right? Maybe there's room for one more group here. All right, why don't you join, I'll turn that off. Why don't you join the group? One of you can come here. Somebody, there's an extra spot here. Okay. Yes, you three? Okay. That's fine to be a group of three. You can be a group of, we can be a group of any size that we can figure out here. So is any group bigger than five? you're fine you got five okay you can join them and we'll have four and four that'll be more even okay okay so the way I'm going to do this is we have about three minutes a piece and if you're not a group of five you can either skip the last one or adjust a little bit so I will just ring the bell lightly every three minutes I hope it's not too Annoying but three minutes is a good time and then that means to move on to the next person, okay? So first we'll start with a minute uh, after I announce what the question is We'll start with a minute of silence for you to just think a minute about something you would like to say about this, okay? Okay so the question is, what has brought you to this course? Doesn't not going to be time for your whole life story, <laughs> but just in the in an immediate way, kind of what you know. What, why did you sign up for this? What made you take the plunge, or what's most up for you right now? What are you, what what are you excited about about this course? Some something in the area of what's brought you here. Okay, and only three minutes, not your whole life story. And you don't have to fill three minutes if you only have a sentence or two to say about it. So we're going to learn just to offer something, listen. Okay, so just take a few, take a minute to think about this. okay so let's have the person with the shortest hair begin that not so much the content but how, how was it talking to each other and sharing a little bit Any, this format, did it work for you? would anyone like to say anything about that? Yeah. okay just a minute we have the mic here and then you can go next I thought it was very nice, and um, it, it um, not that I felt a wall up at all, but it, it made me feel like suddenly very close to these five people. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that it was really nice to um, come into a a place like this and actually get to be able to connect with people rather than just um, listening to a um, talk. And um, I forgot what else I was going to say, so I'll stop. yeah it's something we don't often get a chance we often come here and sit silently and leave and it can be hard to get to know people so i hope that we're going to form some kind of sense of community and so that you start to feel like you know a lot of people here by the end of this program anybody have a hard time with it i really you know it's fine to say that any ideas about how to make it better or anything Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Something that I'm pretty interested in the path is right speech and um, having that opportunity where it's like I didn't feel like there was any competition to talk or to jump in and just to be able to listen. And I think that's something, you know, I struggle with. Um, You know, I'm new to the path, but, like, here it was very safe. But learning in environments where it's like there's other people jumping in Mm-hmm. And not like feeding into that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Right. Do you notice yourself wanting to jump in and say something sometimes? That's interesting to start to see those impulses, and that you can just notice them, and you know you don't always have to act on it. Yeah. yeah. It was actually just very nice not to. Have to say anything, mm-hmm. Yeah. it kind of made me feel comfortable. I don't have to Good if I Right, you don't have to. Have to doesn't work very well. <laughs> <laughs> so this time was the first time that I listened to you to say, "Don't jump." <laughs> and the first time also that I didn't feel like jumping. Maybe because I heard that's something that I really need to learn to fully listen to what has been said without jumping in my little thing. I need to be approved. I need to something. I need approval from somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's was really good, good, to feel mature. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's a good exercise. One we don't get very often in other circumstances, so. Okay, well, let's take a 10-minute break, and uh, we'll be back at 2.30, and I want to, well, before we break, this would be a good time to be doing this. If there's anybody here who did not apply online, and you just want to come to this class and get the mailings, but you're not interested in the mentoring or any of that, you can sign up here. Just This will just put you on the mailing list, and anybody's welcome to come to these Sunday classes. This will get you on the mailing list, but it will not be an application for the whole mentoring thing. If you st- have not applied and you still would like to be assigned a mentor, the spaces are getting gone, so I can't guarantee anything. But do go online today, if you can, to the... Special events under IMC, the Eightfold Path Program, apply and fill out the application, and we'll see what we can do about getting some mentoring. Is that clear enough? Okay, so I'll put this out for anybody who's just kind of wanting to do it as a self-study, maybe come to the group thing. Yes? What if you applied a little bit some of that response Yeah, we're still working on that we've got a list of a few people who applied in the last few days and uh, one idea I'm just gonna throw it out we're having an idea that we might have a little mentoring group that meets here right before the next meeting so that and it might be a rotating person who is the facilitator for the group so um, that may be an option that would work for some of you if we run out of individual mentors It seems to be a time that more or less works for most of you, so we might do that. But I will email you. Be sure and put the course email in a way that it doesn't go into your spam because that's the way we need to communicate with all of you. Okay? Okay, so take a break, and then the second half we'll be focusing more on the mechanics of the course and how it's going to work. Set this out on the same table. I'm buddying my mentor. So, is it okay to stay write my name I didn't do it online? Well, if you want a mentor you have to do it online. Oh, okay. So, do it online this afternoon if Okay, so, I just want to introduce one more little teaching from the Buddha, that there are three kinds of wisdom. They have big long names in the Pali language, Sutta Mayapanya, Chinta Mayapanya, and Bhavana Mayapanya, if anybody is interested in Pali. What that means is, the suttas, you know, that's the word for the Buddhist teachings, the big books that we refer to that we're always quoting from. So that means book, basically book learning or things that you heard, things that you read, kind of information, taking in new information. It's good to take in new information. That's one level of getting getting more wise is learning something new. So that's an element of the course. An element of the course is going to be studying and reading and listening to talks and taking in new information. Then the next level is called reflective. So that's called kind of book, book learning. Uh, learning. The next level is reflection, reflective learning. That's where you think about it. And you see, do I understand this? Do I remember what was said? Does it make sense to me? It's actually using some of those things that, that Kalama Sutta said are not always reliable. So they're not the ultimately reliable, but we do use them in order to see, do I... Do I, at least to begin with, does this make sense? Do I understand it? And so, a lot of this course is actually based on reflective questions that are going to come out to you each week things that it's suggested that you think about and look into and see if you understand. And there's some reading assignments that you can see if you understand. So this could also be one element of what you might do with your mentor sessions is check your understanding. If there's something you don't think you understand or that doesn't make sense to you, you can kind of clarify what it means. And then the third level is this bhavana. That's the same word mental cultivation that, is, that I used earlier. It's, it's really direct insight knowledge, direct experience. You know how, how you've heard all your life that various things are bad for you? I used to think of my father who smoked cigarettes for 60 years and he knew fully well that cigarettes are not good for you. But then one weekend his doctor said, Oh, you might there's a spot on your lung that we want to look at. Well, he quit smoking. You know, it turned out to be okay. But just that just brought it home, really. That it just brought it home to him that they mean me. This might really affect me. And that actually changed his behavior. So there's something about really directly seeing for yourself wow, it hurts when I I mean, when I say something snarky to somebody. It hurts me. And really getting that maybe on a level that you didn't get it before. Or something like that. So this third level is really the heart of the insight and insight meditation where you're looking very closely at the little moves in your mind, what thoughts you entertain, what actions you take that actually are habits that are causing you to kind of tense up and be stressed in a way that you don't need to be if you'd really notice so those three levels work together and so you'll be looking at the reflections that come out every week both from the point of view of understanding and they're also inviting you to really observe your own behavior and what's happening to you and what's going on with you and seeing what you can if you can catch it in the act of reacting in a way that you see how that hurts you, something deep in you wants the best for you and really doesn't want to pursue that after you've seen how clearly it's painful or seen how clearly it's delightful and pleasurable to be generous to somebody, seeing how good that feels. So the more you really catch that in your own experience, the more something in your system learns in a way that gives you a a boost more than just your own effort it actually starts to become easier because your whole system is for moving in that direction after it's seen clearly what's going on so there's these three levels that we will be working with all the way through the class so i want to talk about i'm kind of going to go over this sheet i guess you all got one of those sheets that's over there this is the moment to get one if you didn't Sheet on the chair there about the elements of the class So, um, there's there will be two audio dharma web pages involved in this. The main one there on the top, that series thirty eight forty, is the heart of the course. That's where Gill's Gill's original course is there, and on that page is uh, a study guide for each factor and a talk by Gill on each factor. So part of, when, you, when we start a new factor in the month, you should download that study guide, and if you have time sometime, in the maybe toward the beginning of the month, listen to Gil talk about the subject. And in that study guide, you will find a short essay by Gil. That is the one thing, if you've only got time to read anything, please read that. They're only about two pages long, and it's just a very accessible and brilliant short summary of what this... is all about so if you have one thing to do I would read that and then there's also suggested chapters to read in the two books that are uh, also recommended that you get one or the other and these are the two books this little one is called the Noble Eightfold Path and it's available free online on a site called access to insight which is good a good site to know about that's got all the suttas and wonderful collection of stuff It's free on that site. This is a very condensed kind of dense book. People seem to either love it or just can't get into it. And so Bhikkhu Bodhi is this uh, Western monk who translated all the suttas into English over the last few decades. And he really, all those big fat books from wisdom publications, those are his life's work. And this is his highly distilled, refined explanation of the Eightfold Path. And so you may find reading it, it's like reading a law book or something. It's a little bit difficult, but it's very, you know, very well said exactly what it is. So there's this book. Then there's this book, Eight Mindful Steps to Happiness. This you have to buy, unfortunately, but it's on, you know, all the usual bookstore places. By Bhante Gunaratana. Vante G, as he is known, he is a, just a delightful, heartfelt person that we were lucky to have here a few years ago for a day long. He, um, have you ever heard of the book Mindfulness in Plain English? He's the author of that. So this is kind of the Eightfold Path in Plain English. And it's much more accessible in terms of language sophistication, I would say, than this one. I mean, this is a great book, but it's, you know many large words and <laughs> this book is this book is uh, more a kind of a lot more examples and kind of daily life relatable examples but he's also a monk and he's got some he's got some pretty you know pretty uh, I'd say mm, serious readings of what the path is about so it's not a lightweight book but these are the two books uh, that are recommended for the course so you can find the appropriate chapter if you want to have a little bedtime reading, you know, in one or the other of these books. Both is fine. And I just can't resist mentioning, in case some of you are of a scholarly bent, looking through the applications, it looks like some people have studied the Dharma for many years. Tanissaro Tanjef just came out with this new book called On the Path. And it's... Uh, compendium of quotes from the sutta selections from the sutta and his own forward to each path what he thinks it's about if you're familiar with his teachings he has his own kind of unique translations for some of the keywords like what we usually call suffering he calls stress which i like and you know there's it's anyway he's a special person and here's a great big fat book on the path that's not part of the course but I just wanted to put it in front of you in case you can't get enough of scholarly reading um, okay so every month there's Gill's little essay which you download from the main website there's these two books if you want to read them then also included in Gill's Uh, study guide is a bunch of reflections but those are the same ones that we broke up into weekly emails and we'll email them to you weekly so I suggest that it's good to get those emails and really print it out and maybe stick it somewhere so that something, we'll talk about this more later but something that reminds you to engage with these reflections every week and that's really the heart of the program is doing those reflections reading through those at least read through them so that you've read them all. Because even just reading it, it puts it in the back of your mind, you know, and then maybe later in the month something will occur that's relevant and it will come to mind. And then you'll have something to say when you go to your mentoring (laughs) session because you noticed something relevant to the factor during the month. So it can be an intimidating, accumulating list of stuff. So please do not take this like this is your homework to look at each and every one of those and you're somehow failing if you didn't get the right answer to each and every one. It's not like that. If you took one or two that really struck you as interesting and you got them deep into your mind and really worked with them for the month, that would be great. It's good to read them all over. You never know when later in your life another one will pop up. And it's fine to work with all of them. Some people find that it works for them to kind of journal and come up with some answer or think through their observations on each one of them. So there's a large range of how much time each one of us has to give to this course realistically. You know, so please don't start to feel like you're overwhelmed by the material. Just cut back, at a minimum read Gill's essay and find one or two of the reflections to spend some time with. And at a maximum, read it all and work with all of the reflections. Okay, so then we have these monthly group meetings, in which we'll be pretty much like today with my two friends here, hopefully. I feel kind of working without a gnat today with no Liz and Bruni. Um, okay, on your sheet, the, these, today is recorded. And there's some blanks that you can fill in. What did I do with the crucial piece of paper with the answer? I don't know if you have a pen with you. I'm going to email this sheet out in a day or two with all this this blank filled in. So maybe that's what we'll have to go with because I put away the piece of paper. Yeah, that was too bad. much paper okay I'll send it out an email but you might if you want to keep this piece of paper you might go back and fill that in that's going to be the web address for the recordings for this class which you'll have to get through through that page so then um, if you signed up to have a mentor you will be hearing from them pretty soon if you haven't already and if you have a question about whether you've been assigned a mentor or not you can come and talk to me afterwards I have the list and you'll be hearing from them and hopefully you can work out a time to meet so this is an once a month hour-long session and it's what usually the typical format is you might sit for a few minutes just to kind of collect yourselves when you get together and then it's a time for you to maybe bring up your understanding of that factor any questions you have and then talk about the reflections and what you noticed about your path and how how you're working with this factor so, you know, it's just a nice way to talk to somebody about it and somebody who's been working with it for a while and might have some, some I mean, you're not necessarily looking for advice. It's not so much about that, but just a response about what, what you've noticed and some encouragement for what you might do with what you've noticed. So it's just a very friendly, low-key session to just talk about what's up with regard to that factor. So it's most useful if you can keep these discussions circling around that factor. The mentors are pretty good at relating what's going on in your life to that factor because these factors are in everything that's happening to us. So you can you can find some way to talk about it. And of course if something really big is happening with you and you need to bring that up it's appropriate, you know, we don't want to spend a whole hour forcing ourselves to talk about right speech if you know you're some family member has just died or something you want to tell us what's going on with you so that we can really have a, a real person to person connection there. But the idea is that the purpose of it is to basically talk about your understanding of this, what you discovered in a month of working with this factor. Um... Another thing that people have found really valuable in this course is to have buddies. And we have tried every which way to try to matchmake people and arrange people and get people into buddies. And I'm just about tired of trying to do it from the top down. (laughs) It doesn't quite work. And it's hard enough to match people with mentors. So I think what I really want to do, and we'll start this next month is we'll have, during the break, we'll designate a corner where if you're interested in having a buddy, and that would be somebody that you maybe have a phone call with mid-month just to help remind yourselves what you're doing, or if you have something you'd want to clarify, you could talk about it. We'll have you meet and see if you can self-organize. Okay? Because, but it's really valuable. It's a great way to meet people, and it helps you stay on the path if you have a mid-month appointment. Just could be just a 10-minute phone call, and not an hour, you know, not anything like that. And it doesn't have to be the same person all year. So don't have an expectation that you're necessarily finding someone you're going to stay with all year. But you could just get together and see if you, if there's somebody maybe you met in a small group or somebody that you just for some reason want to approach and say, shall we have a mid-month, 10-minute check-in? It's a way to meet people. It's a way to keep the subject alive for you during the month. So we'll be encouraging that as things go along. At some point later in the year, we usually have a tea where we kind of potluck snacks and tea that we bring afterwards and another way to get to know each other. It's so nice to feel that you have a community. I just love knowing that I probably know, you know, 200 people at IMC that I feel really comfortable, happy to see because I know them and they know me. It's just nice to walk in and see your friends, you know. And so this is a great way to meet a lot of people and just know a little bit about people. Find somebody that you can that you know you have some shared interests with so I, any way that we can encourage people to get acquainted we'd like to and then the year will end with this day-long retreat over at our retreat center in Scotts Valley so that'll be a a fun way to see the retreat center and maybe encourage you to think about going on retreat there if you want to and uh, we'll spend a day sitting and walking and lunch will be offered to us and we'll wrap up the course over there. So, are there any questions about the course? Anything about the mechanics of this? Yes. Hold it up really close to you. Okay. Uh, Hold hold it like an ice cream cone. About the um, recordings, is that just if you miss a yeah, class, that's if you the miss, purpose. that's the purpose. If you miss and you want to hear it, um, and for those who are taking it who can hardly ever be here or who don't even live here, there are people elsewhere. Yeah. Everybody's perfectly clear. That's great. Some past years I've gotten halfway through the course and somebody's like, what, what, what website, what readings? It's all on here. (laughs) Okay. All right, great. So, um, I'd like to do one more of a slightly different format of the group thing. And... I want to give you quite a few minutes to think about this before we even get into groups, so that you can just maybe three minutes or so for you to contemplate this. And it's going to be a different format. It's not going to be one person having three minutes. So, and we'll often use this format too. So, this format is round and round and round. I'm going to ask you. I'll ask. I'll put out the question right now. The question is: What will help you remember to engage with the reflections? with this whole thing. What, you know It's so easy to let a whole month go by and then oops and then try to do your homework on the way to your mentor meeting or something. <laughs> it's been done but it's not ideal. <laughs> Come anyway. Let me just say that first of all. Come anyway. You can have a conversation with your mentor in which you discover the topic. But it would be so much more fruitful if you'd actually looked at it through the month. So the question is what, would, what little suggestions Intentions, something that would actually help you remember throughout the month to engage with the topic. That's the question. And how we're going to do it is in this round and round format where each person puts in a sentence or so, one idea. And then another person puts in a sentence. And so you're not trying to tell a whole long thing. You're trying to offer an idea to the pot. And it's kind of a group wisdom can develop where something somebody says sparks an idea in you and then it comes around to you and you get to say it. And so we're just accumulating. You're like putting something into the soup pot of your group that's an idea that everybody might benefit from. So there won't be any interim bells rung. We'll just go round and round and round. And I think maybe at some point toward the end, we'll do that for maybe 10 minutes or so, and then I'll ring a bell. And then you can have a little free discussion about what, what's been said and what really would work for you, okay? Is that clear enough? So let's get into groups of four this time. The same group or? No, it would be good to have a different group. Meet some new people. We'll see how four works out. <laughs> you could pull some chairs out in the other room if you want to it really doesn't matter how many because we're just going round and round so five works four to five and either of those numbers work fine It's fine to have a group, have a larger group. So we've got, whoops, ouch. Why don't you three, are you guys, what, 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 what did you hear that really struck you? And uh, maybe you can start the recording again. Okay, great. And when you do the mics, hold them like ice cream cones, kind of right up so that that's how they work the best. What, what's going to help you remember to engage with this? What do you think is the most most realistic idea that you or someone in your group came up with? Uh-oh, no ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one idea we talked about was, I mean, combining a couple of things we talked about is like connecting it with another activity you're already doing. Um, So one thing that came up was like a sport or Mm -hmm. an exercise. And if you're swimming, for example, you can just do your reflection while you're swimming because you're not really thinking about anything anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe you are, but uh, you can Mm -hmm. think about something else. Mm For me, writing's a real important thing, so I was just thinking some sort of extemporaneous writing just to sort of keep it within and moving and reflecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What came up for me as we were t- coming up with all these wonderful ideas about how to do so much. Is it seemed like it became very important for me to say, oh, I'm going to need to engage with this class in the way that works for me mm-hmm. and not be judgmental about how much or how little I do. And that was the actually the most important thought that occurred to me during the time. Right. Very wise. Our, our group had quite a few lofty ideas and... For me, one of the um, helpful reminders um, that, that I contributed was how to keep it light enough that I was attracted to it rather than um, a responsibility. Yeah. And, um, and how to engage with the practice tangentially. Um, for me, I had the idea to um, read it, ho- reflect, and, and I like the idea of writing it down um, before bedtime. Right before bedtime, so that the unconscious has its Mm turn. Nice. That's a great point. Just how to keep that could almost be a a different question. How to keep this enjoyable? You know, how to keep this something that you're really inspired to do, and not uh, not something that you starts to weigh on you as the year goes along very important, both these points. Yeah. I think your uh, reminder just simply to show up mm-hmm. for your meeting with your mentor, whether you feel like you've done it right or not, yes. is actually a lovely reminder simply to show up even in daily yeah. life, whether you feel like you're actually working the practice or not. Uh, one thought that came up was if this buddy system were to work out maybe having multiple buddies where each week you might text or call or meet um, a thought about the reflection or a reminder like mm-hmm. if I'm thinking I'm going to re- do the reflection maybe I'll text my buddy and mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. have you reflected yeah <laughs> Right. Also, I just want to say that's great. All these are great. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this question in light of what all of you were saying. And it's, these reflections are interesting. It's not, we don't want to get into the mode where we're forcing our mind to come up with the answer to all these questions that we're going to be putting out. It's much more important to remind yourself just to remember that this is a thing one might think about rather than to try to remember to come up with an answer. So you just keep it in your mind so that, because what you really want to do is catch some observation about how this is working in your life. And you can't always schedule that, you know. But you want to somehow keep the question alive in your mind so that when an opportunity presents itself for you to notice something about it your mind will make the connection for you. You know, so that's really the essence of this is to try to remember to ask have the question in mind not to remember it like homework where you're trying to come up with the answer does that make sense because really you're just going to sometime you're going to catch yourself speaking in a way you didn't mean to or you know eating more than you wanted to or something that just you know and you're going to notice oh you know i wonder what that was about and then right there in the moment you can think about it for a second and it's not a big homework onerous thing it's just oh yeah right you know, this is an example of what I'm trying to look at in my life. Yeah. Anybody else? Now I took the wind out of all these suggestions for how to remember to do it perfectly all day, every day. <laughs> uh. If you're remembering anything, you're remembering to read the questions again, I think, rather than worrying about the answers exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? For myself, um, I think it's going to be important to uh, copy the reflections and Uh put them around the house a little bit just to... As I pass through, I go ah, yeah, because it's so easy for me to go about my day and completely forget about yep. things like that. Yeah, that's good. Well, anything? Any other questions or comments anybody has as we get going on this program? Yes, Jim. Is it mic behind you? I was just wondering, have you tried, um, you know, for people that would be agreeable to have like a a phone list with email addresses so that Mm -hmm. we could, instead of waiting for next month, just to have a contact so you can just call people up and maybe find people that you connect with, because a lot of us don't know each other that well. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Um, We'll probably get that started next month rather than today, but that's a good idea, to have a group group, uh, list that's voluntary. Yeah. And, and also just be really respectful of each other. If you call somebody up, it's fine. If somebody calls you or contact, if, contacts you, if you've, even if you volunteered for this list and you just are busy, we just have to understand that we can take not now for an answer. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> take, when I've done this with other yeah. groups is to put in, have like a column for best times to call. Yeah, right, right. So we'll, we'll get a voluntary thing like that going next month. I just also wanted to be clear that we we had this course here, and then October what, 8th, is it, we'll have the Right View meeting, and that's when it all really starts. We used to start then, but then we tried to cram all this in on top of Right View, and Right View is such an important topic that we wanted it to have its own day. So all the mailings will start coming out after the Right View meeting and the reflections and all that, and then you'll talk to your mentor at the end of the right, toward the end, somewhere of the Right View month. Some of the mentors might be arranging get acquainted meetings before then, but not necessarily, because a lot of them are on retreat. So just to say, um, yeah and there are introductory materials in the books that you can read you know Gil has those two introductory essays and all the books have introdu- introductions of course it might be good to read between now and then if you're just raring to go <laughs> anything else? okay well let's just sit for and just let our energy settle for a couple minutes Oh, before we do that, I'm sorry. I did find the magic numbers that I was going to tell you. If you happen to have a pen, but it will come out in email. If you want to write this down, that the web page for these recordings will be series 35, series slash 35 slash talk slash 8233. Eight two three three. Eight. Eightfold like eightfold path. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> two three three. series slash thirty five slash it's audiodharma.org slash series slash thirty-five slash talk slash eight two three three. We just created it this morning, so I couldn't tell you ahead of time. Okay. <laughs> so just coming back to settling... Feeling whatever you're feeling. Recognizing it, allowing it, feeling it. If it's complex, you can tease it apart. Otherwise, you can just trust that it's fine. Well, may this year of study and practice together be of great benefit to you and everyone you come in contact with and spread out to the whole world. Thank you. And uh, do fill out the application in the next day or two. I want to take that down because it's not, it's full. It's more than full, but go ahead and fill it out and we'll see what we can do if you want to.